Next up, next question. Drinking. What wow. is permissible? Yes. Is there a balance? Drinking alcohol. <laughs> oh. Oh, alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, so... Here's how I'd respond to that. There's nothing inherently moral about a beverage sitting in a cup. Mm. Okay? It's what one does with that beverage and what that beverage can do to the one. That is the issue. So I think there's several places in the New Testament where I could go and say, God's very clear that a Christ follower ought to be controlled and led by his spirit and not by any undue influence of something else, whether that's people, whether that's powers, or whether that's alcohol. Mm. There is walk by the spirit, be controlled by the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, that's all very clear in the scriptures and anything that compromises a person's capacity to respond to the leading of Christ in their life poses a risk. So then rather than make some sort of, you know, legalistic appeal, thou shalt not drink alcohol, then I always make my appeal on the basis of wisdom. That the person who's interested in following Christ and being controlled by his spirit rather than controlled by a substance, a power, or a person, then I have to use wisdom to discern what person, power, or beverage poses a risk to me staying in control of myself. So really, um, I think... This is more about being wise than it is about being obedient to a mandate or instruction. Um, you know, everybody refers to the passage uh, uh, not to be drunk. Mm. And so a lot of people go, well, I can drink as much alcohol as I prefer as long as I don't get drunk. And I'm going to say, well, you know, yeah, that's what it says. But it's the discipline and the discernment of, you know, when does that line get crossed? And the, the bigger issue for me, again, comes back to wisdom. And I, I always go back to uh, Proverbs 20 and the verse says, wine is a mocker. In other words, wine, if given the opportunity, it will end up making fun of you. Yeah. And so the so what we're seeing in the book of Proverbs, the foolish person goes, ah, I got this under control. It'll never be me that gets drunk, that me that gets addicted. And the foolish person learns the hard way that wine is a mocker. It'll always have the last laugh. The wise person goes, well, there's at least the potential that drinking this could leave me in a place that I don't want to be. 
or cause me to do something I shouldn't do. Therefore, as a wise man, I'm not going to give it the opportunity to make fun of me. I'm not going to give it the opportunity to create the consequences that leave me in the backwash of having done stupid stuff because I was out of control. And by principle, and this is the way Proverbs work, um, it, might, it might speak specifically to wine being a mocker, but I, I think the larger principle of wisdom is any substance, any experience that has the potential of taking over or controlling you will make fun of you. Yeah, I mean, it lessens your, or weakens your inhibitions, yeah. Yeah, so I could, you know, if I, if I was doing the interpretation of that passage, I'd say pornography is a mocker, and uh, gambling is a mocker, marijuana is a mocker, um, prescription drugs misused is a mocker, um, gossip is a mocker. I mean, we just start naming anything that can, in fact have undue influence or control over your life, it will ultimately get the last laugh. And so the wise person is saying, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. And um, so I I think that's really the part about, you know, what is permissible. I mean, drink whatever you want. As a Christian, you have a responsibility of being obedient to Christ in regards to being out of control or being in control of something. And therefore I'm saying, then you have to use the careful diligence and discernment to decide what it is that you can drink without compromising that, the essence of, or the spirit of that, that instruction. Something always really bothered me when I was growing up, different people I knew, um, but then also just people that I see now is parents who get drunk in front of their children. Uh, mainly because, like, it makes them just look really, really foolish to their child. Because their child, I mean, your kids are going to look at you with amount of respect, regardless of how much you necessarily deserve it. That respect and admiration is there. And then you just look like a dummy. Um, and it, I mean, like, like, like what you're saying, it mocks you. Yeah, so the mockery comes in that you lose the trust and respect of your kids. Yeah, yeah. And that has huge, that has huge ramifications for years to come. And that's, that's where it gets the last laugh. The person down here on this end saying, oh, I can handle it, and so what, I was drunk and my kids saw it. No big deal. They, they see me the other, you know, seven days a week, and I'm... That I'm responsible and I'm accountable and I'm industrious. And I go, yeah, that's, that's what you think. But they were embarrassed or they felt afraid when they saw you out of control. And so now that's, that's input into their perception of you. Here's the bigger one that uh, you mentioned that's a concern to you. Here's the one that concerns me is... Um, what the study that I've done on addictive behaviors mm. and how how we work physiologically, um, the young person who steps into alcohol or pornography or marijuana, they they have no idea how their brain is wired, and they think I'm just. I'm just having a good time with my friends. Nobody's going to get hurt. 
they don't they have no idea of how to anticipate how their brain and their body is going to interact with alcohol and i have too many stories that i that i know personally where a kid started drinking alcohol because well you know everybody was doing it and it was all fun and games not even beginning to comprehend that the way that they're built physiologically leaves them vulnerable and they've become alcoholic yeah. at 14, 16, 18. And th- because I've walked with families through this experience enough times, the kid will tell you in their moments of clarity, I would do anything to go back and reject that first drink. Because I had no idea that I had a family history or I had, you know, a, a physiological makeup that made me unusually susceptible to alcoholism. Yeah. And it, the stories are heartbreaking. Families who have spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars putting their kids through rehab and the, the emotional turmoil that's been created and relational turmoil that's been created in those homes because of that all because a kid didn't understand and i remember a few years ago um here in here in the area um some parents got busted for having an event at their house and the parents that lived in that house the adults who lived in that house they told their kids, okay, your friends can come over. Mm. We'll have a party. I think it was around graduation or, you know, some, some big celebration. And as long as they stay here, we'll let them drink alcohol. Yeah, I've, I've personally heard that plenty of times. Yeah. And it was a big deal in a, a few years ago. And what made me so mad about that is those parents, they had no idea about the 25 kids that showed up at their house that night for that party. They had no idea what each of those 25 kids' brains were like or what their family history was to where they they were playing roulette with those kids' lives. Now, I don't know if anything came out of that experience for those kids, but, man, I was so angry to think about those parents having made that choice without the permission of the other parents for that. It yeah. just seems so grossly irresponsible that uh, I just remember learning about it, reading about it, and I was just, I was incensed. I really was. In fact, I, I seriously debated speaking to that situation the following Sunday because it, it got a lot of press in our area. But I was just like, man, you can't do that to other people's kids. I don't care how cool you think you are that you're able to throw, you know, a, an alcoholic party at your house with the kegs and all that with other people's kids when you don't know anything about who those kids are. Yeah, I don't, for the most part, it was, uh, there were some themes that kind of crossed, uh, uh, that kind of checked across the board. You could kind of tell, like, which, I could have told you which 
kids, which kids' parents part like a partied with them because mm-hmm. they were the cool parents. You could just tell. Yeah. Very rarely um, was that beneficial to a child's life or the parents' life because um, in college, like then they're like the party. Yeah. They're the party guys. Sure. You know, or girls. Sure. Uh, it doesn't go away. And and again, these are, this is where people are like, oh, relax, preacher. It's what you're modeling and teaching for the kids about obeying the law and respecting authority and making good choices um, for the health of your body and your mind. You're just modeling something that's so contrary to the wise way to go about living your life that parents are foolishly setting up their kids for failure or at least struggle um, in their future because, well, my parents taught me that the law doesn't matter. So what other laws can I get away with breaking? And it just increases the risk of them getting caught doing something and having to pay the consequences for it. And that all goes back because mom and dad were trying to be, you know, cool. Yeah. Well, something else too, something that really just kind of checked me out. So, so I, so obviously, so I have been drunk before, but I never really liked it. So, I would still have drinks, but it was very much just like an enjoyment, like you know, one maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and for me, somebody who's kind of in my head all the time and who's already kind of like, uh, I'm serious most of the time. Right. It can help to just like loosen you up, you know. Um, not that that's a good thing, which is my point. What was what is deficient in me that, like, I can't just have a good time with my friends yeah. without it? What is deficient in me that, like, I can't do this without it? Or I feel like I have to have it for that. Um, hmm. I'll tell you what. Going to a wedding and not having any, that's that's pushing it. Yeah. Because uh, just because of receptions, I don't dance. So, I mean, they're just, like, sitting there <laughs> while everybody else is dancing or whatever. But, uh, and I just don't like a lot of that stuff. But, no, but, like, seriously, like... Um, you know, that's asking a, yourself what's yeah. deficient in you. Yeah, that's that's self-examination. That's, you know, Psalm what, 51, search me, oh God. Yeah. it's. I like how you said it. What's deficient in me that leads me to think I need this to take off the edge, just to sort of relax? And I go, well, the answer isn't the alcohol. The answer is examining what kind of dysfunctions what kind of misinformation am i operating by that doesn't allow me to relax and be myself or have to be serious all the time and you're not serious all the time because we have certainly had our yeah i joke around a lot but um i understand what you're saying i like i like the framework that you're thinking through and here's what's unusual and we've teased you about this for years you're 20 what five yeah about to be 25 25 going on 55 yeah but you've been like that since i essentially since i've known you but that's that's a, a certain expression of maturity and wisdom on your part you're concerned about doing life correctly well most 18 19 20 25 year olds aren't thinking like that. I don't know many people older than that either thinking like that. Oh, yeah. I, I can, <laughs> but yeah. I know what you mean. It's even worse when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah, I meet plenty of 30, 40, and 50-year-olds that don't have the kind of maturity to do the the self-examination that's necessary to live a wise life because it's scary and 
it's too much work and they don't slow down and be quiet enough to do that kind of thought. Also, alcohol damages your brain, so it's actually making you more stupid. <laughs> and that terrified me, and yeah. so that really, yeah, that was like... I got uh, off uh. easy. I, I just, I have, there's not a single thing I've ever tasted that I liked. I found it repulsive, so... And this whole idea of it's an acquired taste, I'm like, what? I'm going to work at trying to like something that tastes awful? Uh, That's it's People who tell me that they drink just because they like the taste, I do not buy it. And I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, why would you not just have sweet tea or like some other beverage now that's way better? Talking sweet yeah, tea. Yeah. This ain't good. I mean, like, you know, whatever. But I'm like, no, you're not drinking because you yeah. actually enjoy that stupid thing. And the thought of being out of control you know, not yeah. Me. No, 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 no. It's no, scary no. to me. So no, no, it is a. T- it's a. It can be a scary thing. I haven't been that bad, but people who have been, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not even the same person. All Pe- right, people <laughs> out of control scare me. Not just me being out of control, but other people who are out of control scare me. I'm oh like, yeah. Oh, I'm getting. A, I'm clear of this because this this could go so many ways sideways. It's also it just also doesn't make them any better to be around. Like, no. Oh my gosh. Uh, being around somebody who is high is the worst experience ever because they're just so dull and slow. Yeah, I, I don't was, know. I was, I officiated a wedding years ago and came to the reception afterwards. And this family member was late getting to our table. <laughs> when they did, it was obvious they were three sheets of the wind. Mm-hmm. And, it was so horrible because the wife was so embarrassed. Oh, so embarrassed. Gosh. Like, she kept trying to get him to shut up. She kept trying to get him to, you know, just mind his own business. And he just was boisterous and loud and obnoxious to the whole table. And she was just dying a thousand deaths. Like, I can't believe you did this to me. And, again, that's wine is a mocker. We hope you enjoyed this presentation of Cibolo Creek Community Church. If you did, please consider supporting the ministry of our church. Your donations make a difference. To check out more resources or to share a gift, please visit us at CibeloCreek.com. Thanks for listening.